Welcome into Two Foreign Drafts. Austin Gale here, the host of Two Foreign Drafts, a rookies and draft prospects podcast. I'm here with my guy, Mike Renner, ready to rip it up after day one of the 2021 Senior Bowl. We're going to do a quick recap of some of the highlights we saw from that. We still want to do a deep dive of the film, look at today's practice as well before we have any major takeaways. But then we got a triple mock draft podcast. We're going to look at Mel Kuyper's latest mock draft, Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, and our very own Steve Palazzolo's latest mock draft. Read off those picks, touch on some of the notable ones to just get a lay of the land. You got to get a lay of the land in, in draft season, 2021 NFL draft season. All right, let's get it. Mike, back in the studio here for the Wednesday episode of Two Foreign Drafts. Super excited to get started. I mean, yesterday's Senior Bowl was awesome. People are already dropping a ton of clips on the Twitter timeline. That's when you know it's really Senior Bowl season. It's a damn shame we're not down there in Mobile to celebrate at Beats and Company. PFF is represented. There's some B2B guys down there working with agents and some team, some teams down there to talk draft, talk free agency, and those things. But no media, no content it's, team down in it Mobile. It is good, though, that I'm not down there at least because I would definitely be the guy doing non-COVID safe stuff. Even though I had COVID, so that's why I'd be doing that conversation stuff, but then getting roast on Twitter. Because you're me, a monster. Like a monster. Because yeah. you are a monster. What we want to do today, like we said on the intro here, we're going to be looking at, you know, the first, just just a quick touch on the senior bowl, touch on some of those things, then also going to look at uh, these three mock drafts, Mo Kuypers, DJ Daniel Jeremiah's, and then Steve Palzolos. Talk about those mock drafts and go from there. Starting with the senior bowl. I got no stories today. I'm going to save these stories. I had a couple I wanted to talk about, well, my dad, my mom, maybe, but no stories on today's. I was going to say, there's too many picks. Like they, people just kept dropping mock drafts this yeah week, yeah it seemed like there's way too many mock drafts overload my brain is filled with these picks and i'm just i'm just ready to get into them. everyone needs these takes all right but to touch on the senior ball a little bit let's talk about some measurements here there's three measurements i want to bring up yeah aaron robinson with 30 inch arms the ucf cornerback that's been mocked in the first round by a handful we'll get to that a little bit later yeah peyton turner your guy out of houston the big boy with 30- seven foot wingspan is insane 35 inch arms and a seven foot wingspan that dude's got He's got length. Pterodactyl. And then you also have Alex Leatherwood, the Alabama offensive tackle that, you know, has fallen down draft boards compared to like preseason mock drafts. Like he mm-hmm. has been a guy that's now being consistently mocked into day two. But that dude's got 35 inch arms himself. He's got a nice tackle build. People call him a guard. He's not a guard. He's a tackle. What's Keep your opinion tackle. of that? What, what, where, where, where are you standing after these measurements here? I, I The one I wanted to bring up was Wyatt Hubert. Because oh, remember yeah. we talked about him on the podcast. <laughs> I was like, you know, he just looks, looks crazy. He's like mm-hmm. six foot three. And he tries really hard, but man, he cannot use his arm. Like his arms are just short. And even I was like, probably like 31 inch arms. It's like short. He had 30 inch arms, Mm -hmm. which to put that into perspective, four guys ever measured at the combine have ever had 30 or lower inch arms along the defensive line ever. Only one got drafted. He's, he is a statistical anomaly. Uh, the fact that he can even, you know, the number of starters, here's today. a full list of starters like, in the NFL. He's like 10 million years past his time. List of starters in the NFL along the defensive line with 31 or shorter arms. Sorry, there's not. There, are, there aren't any. Like, you're not starting along the defensive line if you don't have, if you have under 31-inch arms. At outside corner, yeah. the only two guys are Dante Jackson and Devontae Maddox, and both those guys run four threes. Like, if you want to start on the outside with 30-inch arms like Aaron Robinson— you're, he's going to need to be a faster guy. Like, like that's just how oh, yeah. it's got to be. Like, you have to make it up, make it up elsewhere. And even then, I'm still a bit concerned. Most of these guys that start in the NFL with thirty, you know, under thirty-one inch arms, are starting in the slot. And all, and that's where he played at UCF. Aaron Robinson played in the slot. So, and I think he could be damn good in the slot because you look yeah. at his reps yesterday. And again, we don't want to overreact to one practice, but like. He was winning reps with physicality. Like he, he, yes, he could stick to guys. Yes, he can match and mirror pretty well in the one on ones. But like he was bullying guys as a smaller, you know, smaller cornerback from an arm length perspective. And like I think that was what was really impressive with Aaron Robinson. Am I convinced he can play outside corner in the NFL? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 that that I didn't see in yesterday's practice. See, I hate making same school comps because it always feels lazy, even though it's not. But watching his tape, I was like, this guy reminds me a ton of Mike Hughes coming out. Oh wow! Like That's actually, Hughes, but I, I I like that because Mike Hughes was physical as hell. Coming yes, out. physical as hell. Not super long. Was only five ten. 
not terribly fast. Like you weren't drafting him because of athleticism. You were drafting him because of the way he played the game. But then he just, when he's gotten thrown in an outside corner in the NFL, it hasn't been good because it's such an athleticism-based position. So I some of these mocks, I think two, or DJ's had him in the first round. I don't think anyone else had him in the first round. But I just, I, I can't see necessarily drafting him in the first round with those that's sort of profile at this point yeah that arm length is concerning much bulk majority of his snaps at ucf was in the slot like if you're going to be drafting a slot cornerback in the first round i like elijah molden maybe a bit more than i do like aaron robinson but we'll see uh some other yeah, if you're drafting a slot you'd rather they like our slot safety type yep that can not that can still stay, stay on the field for every single down i want to bring up a couple more names from the senior bowl before we dive into these mock drafts one is Demetric felton oh. dropped to 189 pounds in the weigh-in and Played, did almost exclusively receiver drills yesterday. I think he's making that transition. I was going to say, that's what it seems like. I don't think he's a running back anymore. He was a running back at UCLA. 200 pounds last year. He was in his bag. He went against, I think, two Oklahoma DBs. It was Trey Brown and then Norwood, I think, was the other guy that he had reps against. And Mm. was awesome. Like, there was one rep where I think he tried to set up a slant and got locked down by Trey Brown. But, like, outside of that, this dude was cooking kids. Um, Really, really impressed with what he's doing. I think... Not like a first-rounder type, but like Demetric Felton, I think making this transition from running back to receiver is going to help his stock a ton. Yes. I, I wrote yesterday that guys with the most to gain, he was the only running back because running backs don't do much else there, but he was going to play in the receiver one-on-ones. And if you look good in that, shit, like you're immediately to the head of the pack in terms of compared to all the other running backs in college football we can do as a receiver. And I think he is the best receiving back in this draft class. Now, 189, though, is not a running back, unfortunately, no. though. Yeah. So he is kind of. That's what that's what I'm saying. saying I, think I am also like yeah. I'm not I'm not a running back anymore. Is what he's basically saying. Um, the other thing I mentioned is I dropped a clip of Demetric Felton and people. How you know it's draft season is reading the replies and quote tweets to that. He was compared to in the replies by different people of Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Antonio Brown, and Paul Perkins. Just the same school comp from UCLA who looks no, he looks nothing like Paul Perkins. It was incredible. Just reading, he's like, oh man, he's the next Kamara. Oh man, he's the next, uh, someone said next Ty Montgomery, like just because it's a running back to receiver. Like, I was blown away by like, okay, it's draft season, baby. I love to see it. You love to see the cops. A um, couple Dude, more names but, here. Okay, I had a guy in my mentions yesterday on Twitter with a full probably like 30 reply conversation with someone else saying that you shouldn't make player comps. Let these guys be themselves. Oh my God. Which like most people you see you see comps like that and you're like yeah they probably shouldn't make player comps a lot of people but it's like uh, most of the time you do a player comp and it was in a, a reply to I think it was Najee Harris compared to Matt Forte and it's like most of the time you do a player comp to let people know who haven't really seen them what kind of back you're getting mm-hmm. you know like I, if I could do a player comp of Najee Harris and say uh, Chris Johnson. That's absurd. Yeah. Like, like the, Paul Perkins. Yeah, like exactly. You're, you're going to want to give them a feel for what you're getting because fans don't have the time to watch as much tape as we do because mm-hmm. it's our full-time job. Yeah. And the guy's arguing to someone else in my reply is saying, no, the fans should watch the tape if they really want to know who they are. It's like, dude, what? Just <laughs> It's draft season, though. That's how you know. Uh, it is draft season. Um, the uh, A couple more names here. Uh, Marvin Wilson and Le- Le- Levi and Wuzurike, two interior defensive linemen we really like. I think they won some and lost some in the one-on-ones. I still want to see more tape from them. And then I have uh, Shai Smith, the South Carolina receiver, Cornell Powell of Clemson, Marquez Stevenson and then of Houston, and then Kadarius Tony of Florida. Those are four receivers that I thought won a decent amount of reps yesterday, and I came away like, okay, I'm excited to watch them the rest of the week, so I would implore you guys to watch them the rest of the week as the senior bowl gets played. And lastly, Dwayne Eskridge was noted as a winner in a lot of like day one senior bowl winners and losers columns and on Twitter. But and I loved his reps too. Like this guy was was making some moves on Cameron Bynum, the Cal the Cal cornerback. But I found out this as well because people were replying to the tweets I was mentioning Dwayne Eskridge and it's like, hey, you realize this guy's gonna be 24 and a half years old when he steps on the field in September as a rookie. Like, oh wow. Like that is an older receiver yeah. in this class. I, I was not fully aware of that. That's even Terry McLaurin. Everyone's like, Terry McLaurin's old. Terry McLaurin is still, I think, a full year younger than that coming out. Calvin Ridley was old too, but I don't know if he was 24 and a half. 24 and a half is about as old as I've seen a prospect. That's like Chase Winovich, I think, was 24 when he got drafted. There's not a lot of guys that old. And the the clips you tweeted out were kind of like some classic, uh, they look good at the Senior Bowl, but that's never going to work in real life. Like he had one where he got pressed. 
and then threw the cornerback off him, but it was like three seconds after the snap true. on an out route. It's like that that guy's out of the progression at that point. And then he had one where it's just like a dig versus outside leverage. It's like dig versus outside leverage game over anytime. So there was a handful of reps too in the one on ones where they have corners playing like five yards off. Or like yeah, they six had to play like off, different leverages. And they were running slants. Yeah. I, I was that was interesting to me. <laughs> Not sure what you're gleaning from that a ton. Like Aaron Robinson's in a rep against somebody and he's like eight yards off and then they run a slant underneath. It's like, okay, um, <laughs> this is fun. Um, all right, well, that's going to do it for like that minor Senior Bowl recap. We're going to talk more about the Senior Bowl tomorrow, Thursday, and do like a full recap on Monday, Monday. Yeah. where you're actually able to watch all three days, see where people and are having success. And the game, of course. Starting now with Mel Kuyper Jr.'s mock draft. The way this is going to go, I'm going to read the first five, you know, five or six picks at a time, and then we're going to touch on the notable picks in each one. Should be a good time here. Let me get to Mel Kuyper's mock. All right, starting at number one, Trevor Lawrence to the Jags. Then at number two, Devontae Smith of Alabama uh, to the New York Jets. And at number three, Jamar Chase to the Dolphins. Four, he has Zach Wilson of BYU to the Falcons. Five, Panay Sewell to the Cincinnati Bengals. And six, Jalen Waddell of Alabama to the Eagles. I want to start with Devontae Smith to the Jets with this. The only two analysts, big-time analysts, when Devontae Smith is the best receiver in this class are Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, the two ESPN analysts. Steve, oh no, and Sam Monson. (laughs) Sam Monson's the other guy. Uh, Me, you, the Draft Network, CBS Sports, Daniel Jeremiah, Steve Palazzolo. I'm sure there's some other notable analysts as well. All have Jamar Chase as the wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. ESPN hanging on and Sam Monson as well. What is your opinion of him going as high as two to a quarterback needy Jets team? I have a take on this. This one's purely. Okay, I don't want to like insult Kuiper, but this one's purely just like a hype machine sort of like you have New York in a frenzy media market and you have Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, the most, the biggest name right now in this draft, probably outside of Trevor Lawrence, like the, the most hype around it, and he just like kind of connected the dots here. It's not going to happen. I don't think he actually believes this. is going to end up happening really? in real life. But it's kind of just like, this is going to get the people talking if you go Devontae Smith too to the Jets right now. Stephen A. Kuyper? That's kind of... I don't, I don't, I don't want to say... I don't, Kuyper's a legend. I owe a lot of... I owe the fact that I'm probably here right now to Mel Kuyper. But I think this one's kind of just like a, it's early in the process. Let's get a little spicy. Get some clicks. Let's I like some, that. Let's get some eyeballs. You also want to touch on Zach Wilson at four to the Atlanta yeah. Falcons. That one's just because so Kuiper has a quarterback to the Falcons. DJ has a quarterback to the Falcons. This is interesting. I I, I, have, I had a quarterback to the Falcons in my first mock draft. I haven't necessarily pegged them in that market. I thought they, as a kind of team, think they might be a little closer than that to competing and maybe not go quarterback. But I, if Zach Wilson's there and you're the Atlanta Falcons, I'm pulling that trigger 10 times out of 10. So. The fact that <clears throat> the Atlanta Falcons are getting mocked quarterback, who still have two years, I think, or even more on Matt Ryan's contract, and he's in a hard position to be traded, he's, they're getting mocked quarterback more than the Jets are, is absurd to me. Absolutely absurd to me. The Matt Jets, Ryan's 35. Like, he's not... No, I know. Has he, and he doesn't, I don't think he's declined physically. Uh, he hasn't played as well as he did in a few years past, but their talent is also their offensive lines diminished. Julio's going on the downside of his career. So, before I get to these next set of picks here, I got to bring this up. We thank everyone for the reviews you're leaving on Apple Podcasts. We're getting so many questions for the mailbag. So I sent like 20, 25 draft guides out yesterday, which was fantastic. To do that, if you haven't done it yet, leave a review on the Apple Podcast, five-star review, and send me a screenshot of it in Twitter DMs. I have my messages open. I've I've, I've sent out over 25 uh, draft guides. I want to send out more. Let's see some more reviews come in. Also, if you just want to subscribe to PFF, Super Bowl 25 is the promo code. 25% off any PFF subscription. You can get the draft guide and all of its updates for the next 365 days for 30 bucks. 30 bucks you get all of the updates all, and other things, fancy football information, the quarterback annual, rankings, um, you know, player grades, all that type of stuff from PFF for 30 bucks. It's a good it's a good time. All right, let's jump nice to these next six picks here. Detroit Lions, they grab Justin Fields of Ohio State. 8 has Carolina Panthers grabbing Trey Lance. Nine, Denver Broncos, Micro Parsons of Penn State. At 10, the Dallas Cowboys grab Rashawn Slater of Northwestern. At 11, Kyle Pitts to the New York Giants, which I love. And then 12, you have Patrick Sertan of Alabama going to the San Francisco 49ers. Let's start with Fields to the Lions. Matt Stafford will be traded probably, or, or definitely, yes. in the next three months. They're going a new quarterback. And Justin Fields at seven 
if he does fall that far, and he's fallen in some mock drafts, mm -hmm. some guys with cl close sources to the NFL, this is a sprint the card in situation. If the Detroit Lions are there at seven and Fields is there, I think you have to do this. The only thing I will say, and yes, I, I do think you go Justin Fields here if you are the Detroit Lions, is that the Detroit Lions, as it stands right now after the Matt Stafford trade, look like the favorites to get the number one pick in 2022. Like, that is just a depleted roster. You're going to start, and if it's Fields, you're starting a rookie quarterback. Uh, if you don't have Fields, you're starting, kind of who knows, nobody. Like, you have really no one on that roster capable. Like, things could go south quickly there, and then, you know, maybe you're in Spencer Rattler territory, Sam Howell territory. If Justin Fields comes in not quite ready, you know, not quite ready to adjust the NFL game, and then you're kind of maybe in that Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray situation where you have the number one pick, or the, I guess it would be Marcus Mariota would probably be a better comp, the Marcus Mariota Titan situation where you have the number one pick. And that's not a terrible place to be, but um, I'm just curious if they kind of say, we're going to gonna eat it this year. Eat, eat a... That would be just, nuts. Just kind of bottom that. out, like re hit reset. And if I'm at seven, maybe not address this quarterback. But if Justin Fields is there, I'm taking Justin Fields. Yeah, okay. If the first three quarterbacks are off the board, but yeah. and then maybe they're forcing a Trey Lance, knowing that they have a good chance to be a top three type of team. That's what I'm saying, yeah, if picking. you're that. That makes sense. Um, the rest of the picks here, I think, have been mocked a ton. Like Slayer, the Cowboys I've seen, Parsons to Denver and mm -hmm. Vic Fangio's system, Lance to Carolina. Let's move to the next six picks here. Los Angeles Chargers, Christian Derrissaw of Virginia Tech. The Minnesota Vikings at 14 get Elijah Vera Tucker of USC, the tackle that will likely play guard in the NFL. New England Patriots at 15 grab Mac Jones. We've seen that a thousand times, but it's going to continue to be mocked. Uh, Arizona Cardinals grab Caleb Farley of Virginia, Te Virginia Tech. The Raiders at 17 grab Jalen Phillips, the defensive end from Miami. We talked about him on the Monday podcast, talked about his concussions. That's where the concern is with Jalen Phillips. It's not the ability. It's the it's the it's the health concerns, the yeah. concussion concerns that have driven them down our board in our mock drafts. At 18, you have Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa of Notre Dame. Let's talk about Mac Jones to the Patriots at 15. Mm -hmm. What is your opinion of that being consistently mocked and now here in Mo Kuyper's mock? I can see it. Like this one, I can see in terms of everyone's like, oh, the next Brady. And kind of when you look at the quarterbacks they've drafted since Brady, because they've been one of the teams that They've been consistently trying to get that developmental guy, that quarterback of the future, whether it was Jimmy G or then Jacoby Brissett or then, uh, gosh, the guy who couldn't even start this past year. His name slipped my mind. Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham, the Baylor transfer. Quinn's a stud. Yeah. Whereas they've been consistently trying to get that guy, but it's all kind of been in the Mac Jones-esque mold, shall we say. Not super athletic, not super arm talented. Basically trying to find the next Tom Brady. But so I could... I can see them falling in love with Mac Jones. I, this one, I think it could happen. Rumor from the Senior Bowl, and I need to watch more of the quarterback film, is that Jamie Newman is looking like the best quarterback there. He's, I mean, we kept saying it going into this year at Georgia. Like, he's going to be the starter. There's no doubt in my mind. He's far more talented. The guy has an arm. He's built like a quarterback. One of the run. best deep pass, deep and, yeah. throwers in the game at Wake Forest. When he, yes. he was one of the best, highest graded deep passers in the game in, in like 2019. In, in terms of just arm talent, where the ball goes, where he wants it to go. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the country in 2019. Now, that offense was a joke at Wake Forest. He was just throwing go balls. and like, All vertical leads. Yeah, just like not <laughs> anything necessarily that's going to make you be like, oh, this is, I can put this in an NFL offense, but like arm talent is still a good starting point and it's a better starting point than a lot of quarterbacks have. So uh, I'm not surprised that he'd look good against air. Want to see him more in the team sort of sessions. All right, let's jump to the next six here. At the, the other interesting pick here is 17, Jalen Phillips. He's a more talented player than what they got in the top five in Cleveland Farrell, like in terms of like 100%. physical ability. I would be floored. And he went 16th in DJ's mock. We'll get to that one. I'd be floored if he goes in the first round. I just can't fathom a team taking a chance on a guy in the first round who's retired from football already. But I get it. But yeah, oh no, I, I do too. But I'm just saying like, are you going to draft this guy and then have like a Chris Borland situation on your hands where it's like one year and then he's like... Honestly... One, one, one like, one very minor, it's, it's one thing to have like a degenerative like knee, or knee issue or something. But this is like, this is, doesn't take much and he might never play it. I mean, I said this on the Monday podcast, and I'm working to get him on the pod. I think his whether or not he goes in the first round is going to come down to medical checks and the interviews. 
because like how this guy approaches this question about what happens when you get another concussion what you know is going to be at all that's everything when it comes to his stock because there's no one denying how talented this kid is and if he if health was thrown out the window and he has never had a concussion in his life we'd be talking about a top 10 player i think like that's how good he is in my opinion all right 19 we have the washington football team grabbing Kadarius tony uh the florida wide receiver the, the jitterbug if you will at 20, you have the Chicago Bears taking Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State, a guy whose tape, you turn it on against Texas, against Joseph Asai, and he is awesome. He is a guy that does not get beat in that game. He is really, really impressive. Indianapolis Colts grab Pay, our guy, friend of the pod uh, of Michigan at 21. Then Gregor Russo to the Tennessee Titans at 22. New York Jets grab South Carolina corner J.C. Horn. And at 24, I, this is a great fit. Zayvon Collins, the Tulsa linebacker. He hasn't listed as linebacker defensive end. Yeah. Going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I kind of like. You want him playing that role more than you do like a traditional off ball. They, they'll they drop their linebackers in Pittsburgh because they always like to stay in that five-man front right up on the line. So I do like that fit too. The interesting one to me here, Quiddy Peg all the way at 21. I just, compared to Rashawn Gary, Michigan edge defender, same school scouting here. Love Rashawn it. Gary went 12th. If you watch Quiddy Pay's tape, Rashawn Gary's tape, like I get that Rashawn Gary was like a longer, more traditional edge build, but man, Pay is just better on the football field. In my opinion, a more freak, a freakier athlete with freakier sort of edge skills. Rashawn Gary was just like a straight line explosive dude. Um, I would just be floored if Quiddy Pay follows all those twenty one. Someone's just gonna fall in love with traits like that. What's your opinion of Tevin Jenkins at twenty to the Bears? I, I think Tevin Jenkins. I wasn't over. I, w- I wasn't putting him in that tier with Slater and Sewell, but I do. I do think he's a very talented offensive tackle prospect. I don't know how much I'd like him in the first round, though. Yeah, in terms of just like, I feel good about. Feel really good about Penny Sewell being a very good offensive tackle. I feel very good about Rayshon Slater being a very good offensive lineman somewhere. He might end up at guard for whatever team he goes to. And then after that, I think there's a tier of. Darisaw and Jenkins, where it's like those guys are physically dominant human beings, mm-hmm. powerful, mean too. Jenkins plays yeah. like an asshole. Like they play like offensive tackles that you want, but you're just like they didn't get tested as much as you'd like to see. Like he he had some reps against Osai this past year, but he's also like a lot of times they're getting three man rushes, RPO heavy offense. That was Virginia Tech as well, where you're just like you didn't see him enough, and they're not like the most fleet of foot athletes. They're kind of big burly dudes i agree but i still i still think that they're firmly top 25 sort of picks at the tackle position because interesting of how that level of strength is just gets you a big leg up yeah for the two for jenkins and derisaw derisaw watch him against roche quincy roche miami and for tevin jenkins excuse me watch him against joseph osai of texas because i think those are the two best matchups you'll see for both those guys and i think when you're watching offensive linemen and we sometimes we peel back peel back the curtain a little bit about the process. And you, you talk about this with different positions, but what I really like to do is watch full games against NFL competition for tackles. Yeah. Like go back and watch Alex Leatherwood versus Caleb on yeah, chase on the entire way. And or go, Cosme against chase on or Cosme against chase on. You'll get a really good feel for how they handle NFL talent along the edge. And I think that's um, your best bet end zone angle, ideally, but if you don't have access broadcasts, I guess will work. Um, but I do think um, that's where I, that's what I do when I'm looking at offensive linemen. All right. Now down to the last six picks here. Jacksonville Jaguars, you have Christian Barmore of Alabama. 26, you have Aaron Robinson, the 30-inch armed UCF cornerback down there at the Senior Bowl going to the Browns. 27, Baltimore Ravens grab Terrish Marshall Jr., wide receiver LSU. 28, Trayvon Morig, the safety of TCU going to the Saints. Green Bay Packers grab Tyson Campbell of Georgia at 29. I don't read the last three here. Najee Harris, running back Alabama, going to Buffalo at 30. Joe Tryon, the defensive end for Washington going to Tampa Bay at 31. And then Aziz Ojulari, who teased the next pod. I got I got Aziz Ojulari coming on, not this week, but next week. Oh, Should yeah. be on the podcast. But he goes to the Kansas City Chiefs at 32. Notable picks here and where I want to start is Najee Harris going to the Bills at 30. That one. All right. So Sean McDermott comes out, says, we need to run the ball better next year. Yeah, they do. Like, they, they were a bad run game. Najee Harris doesn't all of a sudden give you a good running. And you, you've drafted two running backs in the last two years in the first three rounds. You, you've invested in that position. Those are talented guys in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Where you sucked in the run game was your guards were getting their ass kicked. Mm-hmm. 
you were bad on the interior of the offensive line. Go address there if you're going to if you want to improve the run game because when you draft that guard, it has the added benefit of not getting your ass kicked by Chris Jones and knocking you out of the AFC championship. John Feliciano was getting rocked. Yes, so that's where I would start if I am saying that's a great we got to run for, the ball better. That's a great spot for Elijah Vera Tucker if he falls to thirty. Yeah, if they wanted to grab into your offensive line, I think Wyatt Vera Davis Tucker. would make a ton of sense here. Like. I would go guard if I'm the Bills here. And that's my emphasis heading into 2022, 21. Jeez, I'm, my years are all off. <laughs> so something else I want to bring up is we don't have to talk about Aaron Robinson a ton more. I think we mentioned him enough. But like, uh, what about Joe Tryon, the Washington defense fan sneaking into the first round for Tampa Bay? Man, so he, I wish he would have played this year. He was a guy who, he had like a 72.0 pass rushing grade in 2019. That's just not, we're not going to put a guy like that in the first round. That's just not even close to productive against... I guess the the Pac-12 tackles aren't too bad. Like, Pac-12 have some okay tackles, but they don't have... This isn't the SEC tackles going up against that left tackle. Like, he's not... There was no real excuse for him to be that unproductive, shall we say. So, he has length, has the explosiveness, has the sort of plays the game you want on the edge. There's not like... He's an aggressive football player. He attacks, but he just doesn't have any pass rushing moves at this point, and that's kind of... Was he eligible there. for the Senior Bowl? Uh, I th- I'm not sure. I think he was a redshirt sophomore this year. Damn so I don't think so. That would have been nice to see him at Senior Bowl. <clears throat> All right. Let's now jump to the Daniel Jeremiah mock draft. But before we do so, take a quick break. <sighs> PFF and Action Pro are teaming up. Subscribe to PFF's Elite Annual Subscription using promo code ACTION to receive a year of Elite Subscription access and... One year, 365 days of Action Pro subscription access for just $199.99. Action Pro is Action Network's premium subscription offering tailor-made to make avid and new bettors better. This is a limited-time offer that is currently only made available now through the Super Bowl. This offer only applies to first-time elite annual subscribers. In these uncertain times, life is full of questions. Like, when should I start thinking about life insurance? But however difficult these questions may be, Western and Southern can help you answer them. Backed by over 130 years of experience, together we can look ahead to leave the unknown behind. Western and Southern Financial Group, life insurance, retirement, and investments. Compensated endorser, products issued by member companies of Western and Southern Financial Group, Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, Daniel Jeremiah kicks this thing off with Trevor Lawrence going to the Jacksonville Jaguars at one, Zach Wilson to the Jets at two, not picking Devontae Smith. And, um, number three, the Miami Dolphins take Jamar Chase, first receiver off the board. Falcons take Trey Lance at four, not Justin Fields. Trey Lance at four. At five, he has Rashawn Slater to the Cincinnati Bengals, not Panay Sewell. And at six, Devontae Smith, the uh, Alabama receiver to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's start with... Yeah, this, the top three felt a lot more... This felt a lot more like home. Like, yes. we were like, okay, thank God. <laughs> but at four, Trey Lance Reason. over Zach Wilson. Or no, Trey Lance over Justin Fields. That's what it got interesting. To that. I'm not surprised. DJ does... DJ puts his sort of take on the guys when he's putting this in the way that's why we'll talk about the fifth pick Cincinnati after this but he likes Trey Lance like he the, it, we talked with him on the pod before the season about Trey Lance if you'll recall if you're a longtime listener and he's really high on what he brings to the table physically now has he played the game of football on elite level yet no but you're the Atlanta Falcons you got Matt Ryan Matt Ryan's gonna be there for the foreseeable future like we kind of just talked about this is your Jordan Love developmental guy behind Matt Ryan yep. hoping to catch the proverbial lightning in a bottle and get your your Mahomes your version of Mahomes everyone's looking for that guy I, I tweeted something out uh, probably a couple of weeks ago about Trey Lance and just his arm talent and how fantastic it is and people are saying that Justin Fields has just as good of arm talent no. it's not true you, you, you are not watching the same game Trey Lance has next level arm talent I got ridiculed on this podcast for saying Making the comparison of Michael Vick, but the only comparison is not a rushing ability or anything. The only comparison is that when you watched Michael Vick throw the football, the deep ball came out easy, flick of the wrist. I think when you see it with Trey Lance, it is effortless making awesome, strong throws down the field. Yeah, our social team takes all our quotes out. They, it, <laughs> out of I got ripped. I got ripped, and maybe rightfully so. It didn't sound all that great in the quote tweet or the quote graphic, or whatever it was. But I do think that like you turn on Trey Lance's film, and you cannot say that him and Fields are in the same tier from an arm talent perspective. Correct. Yes. And I think it's closer to what Vic Justin had. Fields is the lowest of those top four quarterbacks, but still good. But still yeah, very it, good. Yes, still good. You're talking about three rare arms though in front of him. Mm-hmm. Lance probably has the strongest. Yes. Wilson, the quickest like release, Snappy. and then. 
I don't know. Maybe Lawrence might have the strongest. He kind of just doesn't like turn it on. He just doesn't need to, mm-hmm. but he can do whatever he wants with it. So you're talking about three guys though, that would be stronger than anyone else in last year's class. Like that are stronger than probably even like drew lock coming out a couple of years ago. Who's yeah. like, Oh, everyone's like, Oh, drew lock, just the arm talent didn't like play football. Well, like I think all those guys have better arm talent than drew lock. Even. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk Rashawn Slater over Panay Sewell to the Bengals. Cincinnati burns to the ground if this happens. If <laughs> Penny Sewell is on the board, they Dude. they brought Penny Sewell signs to a game. I don't think I've ever seen that for not, not I mean for, for not a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, it wasn't for, a sign either. It was a full length yeah. banner. I'll stitch it in, but it was a full length banner that was hanging from. It's like, a Penny for your deck. thoughts or something. Yeah, yeah, Penny for your thoughts. Which you got to stitch that into the YouTube video. That's funny. They will burn like the Cincinnati. They know they're kind of fan base. They draft like Ohio State guys just because they know it'll get fans like excited. They're not gonna. They can't pass up any soul. They just can't. The, like the city. His reasoning here to too, and I'm not knocking down Jeremiah. Is Slater has five position Versatile. flexibility and his tape is outstanding. Yeah. The Bengals don't need a player with five position flexibility. They need a guy that can play tackle yeah. because their tackle play has been horrendous. And I think yeah. Panay Sewell is the best tackle in this class. But we say this a thousand times. I've said it a thousand times. Don't be overconfident in your valuation. You know. And I think taking Rashawn Slater here, if you like, I think he's the best guy. Would be the Bengals being overconfident in their evaluation. It's like, hey, when you see the consensus has Panay Sewell as the number one tackle in this class, yeah. Let, let's let's read the room here. <laughs> you know, let's read, let's let's see. And yeah. if you think Rashawn Slater's the best, but on the consensus board across you know a hundred analysts, he's more of a ten, you know in the ten spot. Yeah, when there's only like trade you, back. when it's only you, you have to you you have to trade back in that situation. If you're like, it's say, pretend the Bengals like really liked um, Rashad Bateman here. We think Rashad Bateman's the best receiver in the class. It's like, okay, buddy. No one else does. It's like so you, when uh, the Chiefs drafted Tyson Jackson third. When there's like, yeah, everyone, that's a good every, example. He went from like mock drafts being like back in the first round, and then it's like, oh, he's the third overall pick. It's like if that's how it, if that's how your eval was. If you were that far off from every single other person who's saying he's like a late first rounder, maybe it's you. Or the Raiders with Damon Arnett, yeah. who had 30 inch arms we and like it. unideal athleticism. On the consensus board was in the 60s. Well, Cleveland Farrell, like the Raiders. Yeah, I, I do think that like you can't be Full overconfident style. in your valuation and, and and move back a bit. All right, yeah. jumping off this, you know, Devontae Smith to the Eagles at six is I've said on this podcast before. That's the highest I take him. I like it at six. Um, you have here at seven, Justin Fields going to Detroit. You're going to see this a ton now that Matthew Stafford's getting traded away. Yeah. Carolina, they grab Panay Sewell, um, the tackle from Oregon, and at eight, Denver Broncos grab Caleb Farley, cornerback of Virginia Tech. Uh, at nine, I love that fit. I I would mock that all day long. I really like Farley to yes. uh, Vic Fangio. I think that one happens. That's IRL. Good. And then you have ten. You have Patrick Sertan of Alabama going to the Cowboys. That's another one where it's the just 2019 makes a ton of Bama sense. secondary. <laughs> that would be. I think those two. If we're talking about like picks outside of the top five that I think are very probable, I think those two are very probable because yeah. I don't think Carolina goes cornerback. I don't think Detroit goes cornerback. I don't think the Eagles go corner. Like I think those two will fall to the nine and ten. And I think that's what they both need. At 11, Jalen Waddell, New York Giants. That's another pick I really like. And then at 12, you have Kyle Pitts going to the San Francisco 49ers. People were upset with DJ for this pick. Like, oh my God, we have J- George Kittle. Bleakness. I hate when people bring up players currently on your roster or draft need when you're trying when you're drafting a bl- not a blue chip, but a top five, top ten talent at yeah. 12. I don't care if you have freaking Mike, you know, Dick Butkus on your roster in his prime. Like, if you have an opportunity at 12. <laughs> what a player to bring up. <laughs> Dick Butkus would get sauced <laughs> in this game. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I get where you're going, but Dick in. Butkus would get absolutely murdered. I should have said Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez or something. <laughs> but regardless, like, this makes your football team objectively better than a lot of the players you could pick here that yeah. maybe are a bigger positional need. Okay. And there's another thing about this. I will agree with that if it's, say, I don't know, positions where there's you can only have one on the field at a time. Running back, you have, you know, you have an elite running back. Why draft another running back in the first round? Like, you have a quarterback. You have Aaron Rodgers. Why are you going to draft another in his prime? Why are you going to draft another quarterback? Like, what's the what's that doing for you? But you could put two tight ends in the field very easily, especially when they both run like four fives and are can win one-on-one as wide receivers in their own right. Exactly. I mean, look back to when everyone like caked their pants over the Gronk, Aaron Hernandez offense in New England when they had two tight ends and they did all this creative stuff with them. Two tight ends with Kyle Shanahan with that level of athleticism 
is a nightmare for opposing defenses to have to deal with because you can run anything you want then at that point, and you can also get them both vertical in the pass game. One-on-one probably against linebackers with what the personnel you're going to have to match up those two tight end sets. Like, that would... That would be a great pick if you're the San Francisco 49ers. That would be his his first I sentence in his analysis that. is "Don't freak out, people." Yeah, the fact that people are freaking out of this is absurd to me. He lines it up: George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. Like that is a that would be incredible. That is a monster offense. I said it yes. when I mocked when I first mocked Kyle Pitts at ten to the Cowboys in one of my first mock drafts. I said there's not a single team in the NFL with enough weapons to pass on Kyle Pitts at 10 or after. Mm. And and the San Francisco 49ers in that same exact group, even with George Kittle at tight end. I love that pick from Daniel Jeremiah. And that also, also from a kind of just look around what's winning Super Bowls, what's doing the best in the modern NFL, unstoppable offenses, scoring as many points as humanly possible. What's going to get you an unstoppable offense? Kyle Pitts. You know, at any guard here at 12, Elijah Vera Tucker isn't going to give you an unstoppable offense. No. Sadly. But... That could give you an unstoppable offense when you have too many weapons and you could just lay up scoreboards. I also really like Jalen Waddell at 11 to the Giants. They need a receiver. If yeah. Devontae Smith and Jamar Chase are already off the board, at Waddell at 11 is an easy pick for me. I really like that pick for Daniel Jones in that offense. <clears throat> at 13, he has Elijah Vera Tucker, the USC offensive tackle that will likely play guard, going to the Chargers. Uh, and then at 14, Greg Russo of the of Miami going to the Minnesota Vikings. I've seen that mocked probably more than I've seen your mom in the last week, which is saying a lot. At 15, I see Micah Parsons, the Penn State linebacker, going to the New England Patriots. That's the lowest I've seen him mocked. That one's wild, yeah. That one's wild. 16, Jalen Phillips, the Miami, uh, Florida, edge rusher going to the Arizona Cardinals. And then at 17, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa going to the Las Vegas Raiders. And at 18, Christian Derisaw, Virginia Tech offensive tackle going to the Miami Dolphins. Let's go ahead and start with uh, Micah Parsons going to the Patriots at 15. Uh, that one's just, I, I can't see him falling that far. Although he does have off-field issues that kind of have not been necessarily reported on a ton. He was involved in that, or named in that bullying scandal that uh, happened like a year ago. Um, could be a thing that comes up. Obviously didn't play football this past year. And linebacker's not the most, shall we say, like valuable position like that. Although we have seen... I think three guys drafted in the top 10 in the past two years at linebacker. So teams, some teams value it highly. I think Patriots would value it highly, and he would be a great fit for their scheme. I don't think he makes it there. I'll just say it. I, that, that's what I think. Low. That's what I think this is. You know when you're building a mock draft for a, a website or whatever, and you want to force a fit, and you got to have a – like Michael Parsons, the best fit for him in the NFL is the New England Patriots. Yes. And like when you when you kind of want to force it, you move some things around, like, yeah, he fell to 15. Like I, I kind of respect it from DJ yeah. here. If he, do, if he does fall that far, I do think the, the Patriots sprint it in. Um, let's also talk – Jeremiah Wusukormoa, the linebacker for Notre Dame, going to the Raiders. We, I've mocked it. You've mocked it. Everyone's seen that. That one. So far. But um, what about – Needs to be done. Uh, we talked about Jalen Phillips with the last mock here. I think Elijah Vera Tucker going all the way up at 13 to me is – Interesting. I, if I'm the Chargers, you have needs at everywhere along the offense line. You could use everything. I think Elijah Vera Tucker, his tape this past year at tackle was very good. But I think he is a guard. You saw that when he went up against Kayvon Thibodeau in the Pac-12 championship game. A guy with length just exposed I love that him. Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be awesome. But So no real shame in that, but he got, got beat up. I would rather have a guy who you know can play tackle. I would rather have here, if I'm 13... And the Chargers, I'd rather have Christian Derisaw. You know is like gonna has the physical tools to stay at tackle in the NFL has played elite football as well. So that's just my take. I, if you're thirteenth, like you can get a guard later. You might not get a guard in the second, third rounds. Like it is deep tackle class, but I would rather go tackle here if I'm the Chargers. All right, 19, wide receiver Kadarius Tony going to the Washington football team. Get pair up with Terry McLaurin, hopefully a new quarterback as well. At 20, Jalen Mayfield, the Michigan offensive tackle going to the Bears. 21, uh, projected trade. The Detroit Lions, I think, what? Or the Indianapolis Colts trade back. Detroit Lions trade up, grab Quiddy Pay um, of Michigan there at 21. At 22, tight, J.C. Horn to the Tennessee Titans, the outside corner from South Carolina. And then you have the New York Jets at 23, grabbing Travis Etienne of Clemson. At 24, Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State off the tackle to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's your opinion of the Lions trading back up to go get Quiddy Pay? I wouldn't hate it. They need edge. Uh, I mean, that's been kind of their death knell now. Uh, what's his face? Romeo Aquara actually played better this year. And I think you do the projected trade up with the Colts just because the Colts always trade down. 
Like it'd be unrealistic to do a first round mock draft with the Colts staying where they are and not trading down. So I think that's why he did it. Um, oh, I guess he hasn't been the Matt Stafford trade going. Oh, why. okay. Sorry. That's what it is. But also still, um, I, I think, but again, could he pay to 21? I just think that's low. I think he's got to go higher. Fair. Okay, so that makes way more sense. The Indianapolis there, Colts yeah, trade yeah. for Matthew Stafford, who is like the favorite landing spot right now. And then Detroit Lions get Quiddy Pay at 21. That'd be awesome. If they get Justin Fields at 7 and Quiddy Pay at 21, that's a decent first round for the Detroit Lions. I also really like uh, the J.C. Horn pick to the Tennessee Titans. Can't really get on board with the Jets grabbing Travis Etienne in the first round. As much as I love the guy, you know, we've talked about running backs in the first round a ton. Dude, I, that would be... They just learned their lesson with this. You know, Bell. you just learned a lesson about, hey, putting a blue chip running back, even though maybe he wasn't a blue chip running back anymore the, after the year off. Blue chip running back behind a dog poop offensive line. It turns that that, that blue chip just gets covered in dog poop. It doesn't matter. Like you can't, you can't, over, there's so few, maybe none in the NFL nowadays that can actually overcome bad offensive line. Just can't. It's, the guys on the other side of the ball are too athletic to when they are free and not being blocked to avoid them consistently. So your production is way more dependent on other factors at that position. Like yeah. that's the thing we always bang the table about. It's yeah. like box count and, um, you know, offensive line strength are way more predictive of mm -hmm. running back performance than the actual running back you have. And to spend resources, high resources at the position, like they did with Le'Veon Bell. And in this situation with a first round pick, it's just, I, I think, again, a little bit concerning. Uh, all right, let's read the last few picks here. Trayvon. Oh, I want to touch on one, the Kadarius Tony one, going 19 to Washington football team. I think someone, Kuiper had that as well. Someone asked me where's like his high. I could see him going all the way up to 16 in Arizona. Would not be crazy to me if Arizona won Kadarius Tony because of, you know, that offense, playmakers, Kingsbury just, you know, he needs help. That's there. his last straw. This by is the way. what he needs. Um, I see him going as high as 16. I don't think he slips out of the first round. I think 32, Kansas City, they'd love to have him. Like they, they are a similar team where they're not going to pass on a level of playmaking ability like that with what they can sort of scheme him in that offense. So I think that's his range, in my opinion. 16 and 32 is where I see him going. If Cliff Kingsbury, barring. Gas mask bongs, obviously. Yeah, Always yeah. the caveat. I think there is some off-field stuff with Kadarius Tony. I remember talking to somebody is about there? that. Yeah, I don't know. It's still being rumored. Gas still mask not bong being related? Rumored. It's not gas mask bong related. But um, if Cliff Kingsbury gets Kadarius Tony at 16 and that offense still ranks outside the top 15 in EPA per play next year, as it has since he's gotten there, mm. I'm going to be pissed. Love the EPA per play talk, baby. You want it a little later? <laughs> All right. Uh, 25, Jacksonville Jaguars grab Trayvon Morig, uh, the safety from TSU, TCU. I like that your guy is getting into the back end of the first rounds for Kuiper and McShay. No, Kuiper and the Daniel TCU Jeremiah. duo. Then you have Cleveland taking Zayvon Collins, the Tulsa linebacker at 26. Aziz Ojulari, a soon-to-be friend of the podcast at 27, uh, going to the Baltimore Ravens. Nick Bolton, Missouri linebacker, a guy I really like in this class at 28 to the New Orleans Saints. This one's wild. 2-2 Atwell, Louisville wide receiver, really small, kind of gadget type going to the Green Bay Packers at 29. Then he has Aaron Robinson at the back end of his first round, just like um, Kuiper does the UCF corner going to the Buffalo Bills. And 31-32, it's Joe Tryon, Washington edge defender to Tampa Bay. And then Levi Amuzurike, your guy, Washington, going to the Kansas City Chiefs at 32. I like that pick. The one, though, we have to. Me, obviously, as a Packers fan. 2-2, obviously, as a five foot nine, 165-pound first-round pick at wide receiver. I would not. I would be less than enthused. I, I I want a wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. If they pass on wide receiver, I'll cry that night. But Tutu Atwell in the first round is insane to me. There are so many other receivers at this spot I'd rather have. Rashad Bateman of Minnesota. And I'm not even all that high on Rashad Bateman. Yeah. I would have rather had Chris Olave, but obviously he's going back to school. Then you have Rondell Moore. And then also the other guy I'll mention is Elijah Moore. From Ole Miss. Yeah. Like, I, I, that's, those are three guys that I think I'd rather have over Tutu Atwell here at 29, despite I get that Tutu Atwell is fast. That, okay, that was said. That is the one thing, in my opinion, Tutu Atwell does better than Elijah Moore and Rondo Moore. Speed. Straight He line. is faster than them. Any, I'd say any single other thing about the wide receiver position, I'd rather have Rondo Moore or Elijah Moore at. 
I think if you're fair. if you want that type of wide receiver in your offense. And they are both in their own right, likely four or three wide receivers. Elijah Moore and Rodney Moore. Yes. Like I think that Rondo is the Moore type of speed that they play with. Maybe just not four two nine, four three flat, which we've seen how well guys like Tutu Atwell translate to the NFL when they're just like the Tavon Austins of the world, the uh John Ross. John Ross is of the world. Uh, but I was good. Quinn is just. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who was the guy who was like the Kent State wide receiver who was Dre Archer's of the world? Oh, yeah. I forgot about Dre Archer. Yeah. He went to Pitt, Pittsburgh? Yeah. yeah. I remember. Goddamn. This actually is good uh, when Mike Florio mocked Dre Archer in the first round. Oh, man. Remember that? I don't remember that. I think he got roasted because everyone's like, dude, you, you're just like, you just saw the combine because it's right after the combine. Oh, that's incredible. I mean, you got to do it for the clicks. Yeah. All right. Let's now jump to Steve Palazzolo's mock draft on PFF.com. This one came out Monday. So this is the latest mock draft. Should be an exciting one. Starting with pick number one, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Zach Wilson, number two, to the Jets. Um, number three has Panay Sewell of Oregon going to the Dolphins. At four, Justin Fields, not Trey Lance, to the Atlanta Falcons. And at five, Jamar Chase, the LSU wideout to Cincinnati. And at six, I like this pick, actually. And I've mocked them receiver a ton at six. But the Philadelphia Eagles grabbed Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech. Talk to me about that one. Ooh. Yeah. I, the Eagles, they aren't good enough in a lot of places right now to realistically compete. Cornerback, certainly one of them. So as much as Eagles fans would be like, oh, Oh my God, wide receiver Devontae Smith. It's like <laughs> you still need a lot. Like you still could use help there. Like there's still not good enough corners on your roster outside of Darius Slay. Can you do Darius that Slay's voice game. more often on the podcast? Because I, I think that's the last it. time we're going to do that. God voice. damn it! Because I loved it. I loved it. I also you brought you said this expression. You're the first person to ever hear. I I've ever heard say this expression. I have to say I don't like it cake their pants i've never i've never been a big fan of it and you're the only one that says it i don't really like it but um it's uh it's very excited right no yeah well, yeah that's what it well it means like i know what it means yeah, okay <laughs> what were you gonna say it's descriptive it's a very descriptive yeah okay um other picks in there i think none of them were surprises i mean it's a pff mock draft it's going to be very strict to kind of pff's board and stuff, yeah and this is steve does his like what he would do yeah yeah steve's strictly the gm for do. all 32 teams his mm-hmm. dream his dream that's all steve wants in his and life. soon to be reality honestly he's capable um, once iq gets off the ground once iq gets off the ground number seven detroit lions quarterback trey lance again we saw that i think we saw a quarterback at seven and every mock draft we've talked about you're going to see that a lot in this pre-draft process in this situation trey lance is the best available because fields and wilson and lawrence are obviously off the board he grabs Trey Lance at seven I I just so can we just talk about trades no one's had trades in the top five I feel very strongly about the fact that the top the three top three quarterbacks everyone has the third one falling to the Lions they'll be off the board by the fifth pick Mm -hmm. I I feel you're going to have to trade up I think that is what's going to happen if I I have to when you are doing mock drafts this early in the process yeah it's It's a pain in the ass to do trades yeah it's kind of dumb to do it right now, but I do think Carolina is a team that's going to be very heavily involved in the trade talks. Denver and then San Francisco. Those are like where you could realistically see someone moving up. Yep. All right. At eight, he has Kyle Pitts going to Joe Brady's Carolina Panthers offense. I, that is an exciting pick, in my opinion. At nine, Micah Parsons. I, I, we've seen this a ton. The Penn State linebacker going to Denver. At Dallas, Patrick Sertan of Alabama. That, that one at 10 is, again, another one you see all the time. Jalen Waddle to the New York Giants, a fit I really like. And at 12, this is the highest I've seen J.C. Horn mocked, I think. J.C. Horn, South Carolina corner, going to the San Francisco 49ers. So let's start there. Steve watched the Auburn game. Best tape of any cornerback all year was Auburn, him against Seth Dude, Williams. him against Seth Williams was awesome. Killed him. I mean, single-handedly ruined Seth Williams' draft stock. Seth Williams should have come back to school just so he didn't have to face J.C. Horn that year so he could maybe get drafted in the first few rounds. Horn, though... That's who he is. A man, physical man cornerback. A little too physical at times. But like, there are only a number of cornerbacks every single year that can fit that man coverage mold. That have Mm -hmm. the skill set to do it. And that's like all they played at South Carolina. Yes. And so if you have, if you need that, that's what you want in your defense. And the way the 49ers will play the cover three, obviously, like, a lot of times it looks like man coverage when you're in like a man match cover three. So... I like the fit. Like I, I'm not going to hit on a J.C. Horn to 12. I'll say this. You're taking J.C. Horn at 12, you probably overlooked the Ole Miss tape. Because when he shadowed Elijah Moore in that game, there was some concern. Well, Elijah Moore is awesome. 
I know he's awesome. Yeah. I know he's um, awesome. But it, I think he's not he, a he's he's a stick him on the outside, JC Horn. Yes. And when he he was asked to shadow Elijah Moore in that game, it, yeah. there were some concerns when you gave Elijah Moore two way goes from the slot. Um, that was the game where I don't know if you remember the clip like dominating Twitter, but when Elijah Moore broke open deep and that dude threw the fl- the clipboard. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe Quinn could sit in the Lane Kiffin, that dude. Yeah, yeah, Lane Kiffin. Sorry, the dude. Former Raiders. Joey uh, Freshwater. Coach. When I had season tickets to my dad in Oakland, Lane Kiffin was the coach. Oh. I, I believe for a couple – there was like 17 coaches <laughs> across like eight years I had season <laughs> tickets to my dad. But all right. Any other picks in that six you wanted to touch on? I think the rest are kind of like typical. Mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts to Carolina. I, the reason I like that fit is that, again, and people are like, they got Robbie Anderson. They got DJ Moore. They could re-sign Curtis Samuel. It's like, I don't care. They, they got Chris McCaffrey. It's like the best offenses in the NFL yeah. have the most weapons – or and or the best quarterback. They're not going to have the best quarterback, yeah. but you got to just throw the kitchen sink at weaponry. I will say, unfortunately, I think Teddy's one of those quarterbacks that's just like I don't think he's ever going to take advantage of a weapon like Pitts. He's not going to throw it down the field like it. You can give him all the weapons in the world. You can give him the most explosive offense. You have to try though, though right? I mean, you fucking yeah. signed him. Like you have to try. Yeah. But you like can't I, just like, well, Teddy's never going to use him. It's like, well, damn. <laughs> well, we hamstrung ourselves to a quarterback. Well, that's why I say, like, you got to go. You got to go quarterback for your Carolina. Really? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But all four quarterbacks off the board in this mock at this point. All right, 13, Los Angeles Chargers grab Rayshon Slater, Northwestern offensive tackle. I like that pick better than Elijah Vera Tucker at 13. I'll say mm-hmm. that. Quiddy Pay, the Michigan Edge going at 14, the Minnesota Vikings. I like that way better than the Rousseau box we're seeing. Quiddy Pay over Rousseau. And again, don't be overconfident in your valuation, but I like that personally. And I think you should see that more consistently on other boards. If we don't by all end, maybe you start to be less confident in Quiddy Pay. But. This is a class, if you're going to go edge rusher, trade down. Yeah. But the the evals, and just as we've seen in these There's going to be range on these All evals. over the board. Yes. We've gone, we've seen uh, people have... Uh, Phillips really high. Phillips really high. Who is the first edge off the board in... Uh, Azizo Jolari. Who's the first edge off the board in Kuiper's mock? I can't remember. Okay. But so Phillips, Pay, Owe, Ojolari. There's just a lot of guys who try have. Tryon. Tryon, Rousseau. A lot of guys who have that build, that body, the athleticism. Not a lot of guys who are finished products that have put it all together quite yet. And you know why there's that range? It's the finished product aspect, yeah. but like none of them were dominant. Yeah. And so you, then it's there, like. There was no Chase Young in this class. There's no guy that was like, oh my God, he beat up every other tackle he played. And so it's very much then eye of the beholder, mm-hmm. sort of what you're looking for. Now, some of that's also going to be like scheme. A lot of times, does this guy fit? Does he have a role in your defense and the way you play your defensive line? Mm-hmm. Matters too, but I still think there's enough talent to go around that I'd be trading down if I'm like, pick 12 and I'm looking at an edge rusher I'd be like yeah I can get a similar dude pick 25 that's that's a great take all right that's all I got bro <laughs> at 14 Quiddy Pay Minnesota Vikings at 15 Devontae Smith falling all the way to 15 I don't know if that happens I respect it I know he's we've talked with him a ton about worst mock ever the size or whatever but uh Devontae Smith at 15 would be good value for the New England <laughs> Patriots at 16 Jason Owe of Penn State so would Trevor Lawrence at 15 hopefully that happens for them <laughs> <laughs> at 16, Arizona Cardinals grab Jason Owe of Penn State. That's, again, I think we could have the same conversation. If you're taking Jason Owe at 16, you should be looking to trade down because it's going to be tough to talk your guys into Jason Owe with the, the, the sack production isn't there. He hasn't played a ton of football. Like, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to like. Owe might be the biggest freak though in the class. No, he, and, and he might run in the 4 fours. Like, he could run in the 4 fours. Supposedly run the 4 threes. I'm saying I don't think he's going to run in the four threes. I'm saying he well, could run in the four fours. I know he's supposedly supposed to run in the four threes, but if he runs in the four fours. Go watch the fours, tape, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> if he runs in the four fours, I mean, maybe you do swing the bat that early. But again, it's just going to be an eye of the beholder situation uh, yeah. for every team drafting. All right, let's jump away from those picks. Let's get to 17. Christian Barmore of Alabama goes to Las Vegas Raiders at 18. Yeah, Jeremiah Wusukormoa, Notre Dame. We've seen those picks a ton. I like that. 19, Christian Derisov, Virginia Tech to the football team. At 20, Rashad Bateman of Minnesota to the Chicago Bears. At 21, Indianapolis Colts grab Mac Jones of Alabama. They don't make the trade for Matthew Stafford. They grab Mac Jones. 22, Trayvon Moore of TCU going to the Tennessee Titans. New York Jets grab Gregor Rousseau at 23. I like that value a little bit. I still have some reservations about Rousseau, but from a freak standpoint, it's going to be hard to find bigger freaks in this class. And then at 24, Pittsburgh Steelers like this one too. Asante Samuel Jr., Florida State. And so we've we've the Jets pick, 23, they're Rousseau. We've said, you know, don't draft ETN. That's not going to be bang for your buck. You're a team that has 
a lot of holes to fill in this roster. And let's say they don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Say they just, you know, they go Zach Wilson too, as they did in this mock. 23's got to be edge, in my opinion, in this class, with how deep it is at edge and everything we know about edge rushing talent going in the first round. Athletes go high. Yeah. They go from picks. Could be a spot for class. Oatway, honestly. In this, yeah, in this class, they'll go from 15 to 40, and then it's probably going to be done. Then you're probably not going to find a guy who has this body type, this level of athleticism on day two. You can find, you can find a wide receiver. You need wide receivers. You got one last year in Denzel Mims. You can find that guy. You can find another some cornerback help in the third round. Cornerbacks go day two that are quality cornerbacks all the time. You're not going to find that edge guy. So if I'm the Jets and I'm looking at this roster, I'm saying – after I've got Zach Wilson, I'm saying, yeah, I need some help for him. Need like maybe some interior off the line help also. I could find those guys today too. I'm not going to find an edge. So for me, if I'm the Jets, 23, I'm targeting someone in this edge class. Dude, the freaks on this in this edge and class that's is the crazy. There's so many Owe, athletes. Rousseau, Pay, Phillips. I mean, Boogie Basham is even a freak in his own right. Yeah. Despite not being like a pure bender like some of these guys, but like a big ass dude who can get could get it done along the edge. Like this isn't. It's such a weird edge class. I mean, we've mm-hmm. said it since probably the jump, but like it's going to be an interesting one if you are swinging the bat on some of these guys. I don't know who's going to be the best one. I don't think anyone does. I do, but I, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay, thank you. But I do know. Don't tell the listeners either. All right, Asante Samuel Jr. Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. Let's jump to the last few. 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars could grab Kadarius Tony of Florida. That's an awesome pick. Uh, Nick Bolton of Missouri goes to the Browns at 26. Rondell Moore to the Ravens at 27. Pat Fryermuth sneaking into the first round for Steve's mock at 28 to New Orleans Saints. Green Bay grabs Tyson Campbell of Georgia at 29. Buffalo Bills, we said this a couple mocks ago. Elijah Vera Tucker of USC goes to the Bills at 30. Tampa Bay grabs Azizo Jolari of Georgia at 31. And at 32, one I really like, Elijah Molden, the Washington slot safety type, going to the Kansas City Chiefs at 32. The one I want to touch on here, I just want to roast Steve for a second. Kadarius Tony to the Jaguars. That's just decadent. You don't need that. You have that guy. Yeah. As much as we say, like, get playmakers, he's pretty much like the exact, you're going to do the exact same role with him that you do with Slavisca Chenault. Which, like, you talk about path to the field. Yeah. There's not Yeah, Kadarius Tony has technically a path to the field. Like, he's going to be one of the top three receivers on that team. Mm -hmm. But, like, are you going to split the screen share? Like, literally screen share up for that? I don't know. Like, that's. uh... And then the other team I want to touch on here New Orleans Saints, Pat Fryermuth. I think they got to go more valuable position, building block type guys in this draft class because I think as we're going to see here in the coming months, one, Drew Brees is going to retire. Two, they're about to have a fire sale of that roster because they cannot do otherwise. Yeah, They might trade Ryan Ramchick. They might trade Marshawn Lattimore. They are going to completely gut it because they literally cannot go into 2021 with half the players that are currently there with the contracts they have. They are almost $100 million over the cap as they're currently rostered. This so, is going to be an interesting rebuild for the Saints, man. Yes. So, like, everyone's saying, oh, the Saints kept manipulating the cap, whatever, the cap, salary cap's a myth. We're going to see that, no, they're probably going to carry the most dead money in NFL history this upcoming season. Yikes. It's going to be bad. They're I really like Tyson Campbell to the Packers at 29. So if I am the Saints, a tight end is not sort of what I want in a rebuild. Like, I'm not going to be like, okay, I got my tight end in place. Let's build around him. No. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll draft a tackle here. I'll draft a cornerback here. I'll draft an edge rusher here. Build around those guys then. I'd rather sign Gerald Everett. I, like, there's a handful of free agent tight ends that I'd rather pick yeah. up than Pat. Also, you got, what's his face, in the fourth last year, who I think is pretty, who's not bad. Oh, all. yeah, the uh, Troutman. The Dayton, yeah, Dayton guy. Dan Troutman? Adam, Adam Troutman. Adam, sorry. I don't Do know you know I Dan, Dan Troutman? <laughs> um... Then Azizo Jolari, I think at 31, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is one I like. I, I recently watched his tape. I think he's a smooth athlete. Not You talk about all the freaks in this class. He's not one of the freaks. That's fair. Yeah. He's not one of like those those five guys I mentioned. But he's a, he, he wins with his hands really, really well. It, you talk about types you fall for. You fall for the big the big Peyton Turners of the world. Mm-hmm. And Levi is a big dude. Uh, Carlos Basham. I like yeah, Azizo Jolari. Yeah, I have 6'5 and up in my Tinder profile. Oh, nice. I actually wrote my Tinder pro out profile out the same way they list the heights at the senior bowl so it says 5095 and it's like people, i get questions about it. people don't weight. know what that means yeah, so it's a good you're... opening people yeah. think it's my weight actually um <laughs> but with azizo jolari the guy the edge types i fall for and i did the same with the alabama guy from a while back who's older 
the hell is his name? He had the moves. Uh, fuck, he went to Carolina. I can't remember his name. God damn it. How I old? interviewed him. He was old. Oh. Um, the hell Ryan was his Anderson? name? No, not Ryan Anderson. I'll get back to it. We're fine. It starts with a C. Christian something, I think. All right. I to- but Azizo Jolari wins with his hands. And these are the guys I'm really going to like. And then Elijah Molden at the Oh, I know now who you're talking about. Yeah, he yeah. Was Christian Miller. Christian Miller. Yeah. I liked him. But he's not that good. But he's not. And if you're not a freak athlete along the edge, it's very hard to win. You talk to Eric Eager, data scientist here at PFF. It's like, here's what the most predictive stats are or most predictive metrics are for productive play in the NFL. It's like arm length, 40-yard dash, three cone. Like, like these are the things that actually have, like hold weight going to yeah. the next level. All right. That's going to do it, man. That was a triple mock draft episode. Dude, we got deep in the mock game i like it though i mean these i think this is good content i feel people people like hearing our takes on mocks well this mock looks like a big mock season because it's mock season everyone's like senior bowl people start actually thinking about the draft everyone's out except for two teams now that's all what's out in everyone's mind so big mock season probably gonna be a lull in terms of mocks and then uh you know where it's a big day for mocks it's the monday after the super bowl i know you're right one that's gonna be mock season absolute mock season all right well that's gonna do it make sure you rate review and subscribe to the podcast if you send me a screenshot of that review or a video of that review in my twitter dms you are eligible to win a free draft guide i've already given out over 20 i will continue to give out more just send me those dms we're gonna make it happen the other thing is super bowl 25 promo code super bowl 25 even after you win your draft guide go up there and subscribe support mike and i support quinn you want quinn to put food on the table for his six kids you're going to need to um, seven kids. Seven kids. Sorry, I was just saying you get the you got. We sent out the first draft guide. Mm-hmm. If you want subsequent versions, exactly. So the first draft guide has 150 players. Uh, Monday after the Super Bowl gets updated to 200, and then there's a time in March where we bring it closer to 300 and add any athletic testing that we snag. I know this year will be different with the combine, and then yeah. April one team pages and team pages. I forgot about the team pages. Those are sick too. But then in April, it's going to go out to 300 with data on all these guys. Like, you just got to get in. Get yeah. in, dog. All right, that'll do it. Austin Gale, Mike Renner, 2 for 1 drafts.